Today on the show, Danny shares a incredibly insightful end of year checklist for those of you pursuing financial independence and our community calls in with voicemails and feedback regarding their financial wins over the last year. Welcome to the ultimate crowdsourced personal finance show. This is your Friday Roundup. You're listening to Choose FI Radio. The blueprint for financial independence lives here. If you're looking to unlock the secrets to financial independence and early retirement, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join a community of like-minded people who are getting off the hamster wheel and taking control of their lives in the pursuit of financial independence. Choose FI, your home for financial independence online. excited to get a chance to talk about this past week's episode with Craig Atkinson from Greenside Up Landscaping, talking about essentially business building and engineering your life. I mean, frankly, that episode covered everything that you could hope for, and it was just a wonderful conversation to be a part of. And to help me with this, I have my co-host Brad here with me today. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Jonathan, I'm doing quite well. Yeah, that was a neat episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Just how much of an optimizer he is and also the systems that he's built into his business. I think that can help people both with business and with life, frankly. So yeah, that was a really solid episode. So Jonathan, what's going on by you? Well, there's two things. One, in light of talking about Craig's hardcore optimization, I want to talk about something that I spoke of briefly a few weeks ago, and I think we could tie it to the holidays here. So this is going out on December 28th, and most of us are coming out of our food coma from the holidays that have been stacked up over the last 30 some odd days. And I talked about in a relatively recent episode, Paprika, and how I was getting really all this benefit from this meal planning tool that you can download. But I I have taken it really to a next level, Brad. And one of my goals with that application was to tie it to cost of consumption. So not just have an easy way to organize my groceries and organize my recipes and make the meals, but actually start to track both the cost, how much it's costing me per serving. You know, we talk about this kind of golden rule of $2 per person per rule being a guiding light to see if that was still accurate for me. And also to track more importantly for me with my health and fitness goals, my macros. So calories, proteins, fats, and carbs kind of build a structure out because one of the nice things is if you have a routine and you have certain meals that you're eating over and over again, it makes it very easy to forecast without having to do a whole lot of work how many calories, how much protein you're consuming, et cetera, et cetera. And if you can also tie that to cost, you have the perfect storm. This is not easy. It is not easy to do this. It is time intensive. But if you do it on the front end, you plan, you get those benefits for months and months after. So I got to tell you about my system. But first of all, does this appeal to you or am I boring you? (laughs) (laughs) You are not boring me. I'm always looking to learn new things. It's, It's something that's not really on my mind. I mean, personally, like I don't, I don't track my quote unquote macros. Like that's not something that really enters into my thought process. I know it does for a lot of people. For me, like with my nutrition, I basically just try to cut carbs and try to cut sugar as much as I can uh, without being a crazy person about it, but always looking to learn more. So uh, regale me. So I think you can get in pretty good shape, sub 15% body fat just by doing exactly what you're doing. But if you want to go farther than that, if you want to get to you know best shape of your entire life type status, at some point, 
you're going to have to track it. And I may be jumping the gun on this because I am not below 15% body fat, but this is still something that I've, that I've been interested in. And it felt like if I was doing all this work to track my cost per serving, I might as well put the the work in to find out, you know, my macros as well. So let me tell you how, how I've done this because Again, let me preface this by saying it's not easy to get all this information. You need to figure out not just your cost of buying six pounds of sweet potatoes, right? But how much is that sweet potato actually costing you in each serving? And then simultaneously, how many carbs, how many protein, all of these different things. So I had to actually pair a few different apps to get it. And I'm I'm using Paprika, which is my recipe and meal planning app. That's like my home base to get my macros. I'm using my fitness pal, which does a wonderful job giving you all of your macros and any various serving size that you need. And then actually I'm using the Wegmans app. You know how hard it is to get good data on how much something actually costs. Like I don't, my receipts are really hard to sift through and find actual ingredients. And then you need to match it to, you know, what unit did it come in? Was it ounce? Was it pounds, et cetera, et cetera. But the Wegmans app will give you all of that. And I find that it is a pretty reasonable metric, you know? So, and this is nice because if you are trying to like, for instance, let me back up just a second. Before I was using the Wegmans app, I was going on to Budget Bites, which is a wonderful website where she's done a great job documenting for her what her cost per serving was. But I have no idea if that's calibrated for my area. In fact, I suspect on many things that it's not. And so what I wanted to get is more real-time data on what something costs for my area. And I didn't want to go onto a bunch of different websites or sift through a bunch of receipts to do it. I wanted to look at one very focused recipe and come up with a baseline. So I use a combination of Wegmans, MyFitnessPal, and Paprika, and I've slowly been building out my recipe list. Now, here's the win for the community. (laughs) Because I'm neurotic and I've been doing this now, I have five recipes that I eat on a regular basis and uh, just two of them. One of them is a Instapot. Yeah, shocking, right? Instapot chickpea curry. And another is a sweet potato and onion and chicken blended dish. And there's like a few others, a cowboy caviar that I got from Budget Bites and a, and a few others that I've done all of this heavy lifting for, for my area. And over the course of the next several weeks, I'm going to be slowly formatting those and uploading them to the website or to the vault, the Choose If I Vault in some capacity so that people can benefit from my neurotic planning. And what's great about it is my most expensive meal with some ridiculous amount of protein in it only came up to like $3.50 per serving. The other ones that were not as heavy on the protein were right at that $2. They were $2 and five cents. Just, it was awesome to see all of these recipes coming in somewhere in between $2 and $3 per meal. And these are meals that meet all of my nutritional requirements and they have all those extra ingredients kind of dialed in. I've been going through the recipes and streamlining them and cutting out the ingredients that don't like make sense or don't add value. Like one of these recipes wanted me to put a, uh, a fish sauce into it. I'm like, why do I need to add that? It tastes great already. Why would I want to add fish sauce to this and just add that extra cost in there? And so they've been simplified. Simplification is like my guiding light. Yeah, I totally hear you, Jonathan. Simplicity is where it's at for me. So yeah, when you're saying you're using three different apps, my head is basically exploding, but it sounds like you have this down. So it's pretty easy. I know you've been talking about creating YouTube videos and such. This would actually be something that I'd get some value out of because when I hear three apps, my brain shuts off, but it shouldn't. You figured this out and it works for you. I'd, I'd love to learn more and try it. Well, think about it. So this is the part. When I said it's not easy, it's not easy to set it up. But once it's in place, now you have a system, right? We When this episode with Craig, we talk about building systems. That's what I'm doing. You have to front load the work and then you get to benefit from it. So I don't need to do this with an infinite number of recipes. 
I just rotate, you know, maybe five or six different things. And then I add to it. So at some point I build up to a top 50. I have five of these done right now that I had to use all three of these apps to create. But now that it's created, I only operate inside of this paprika app. And then I know I'm going to do roughly three meal, two to three meals a day. And I just pick that and whatever I pick now, my macros are tied in there. And I know what I'm getting because I've planned what I'm eating. And I also know how much it's costing me because I've done all the heavy lifting on my cost of consumption. So now I know if I'm just eating these meals and I know how much they cost to make and I know how many calories I'm getting, I can look back at the month and say on this day, did I follow the plan? If I follow the plan, I know my cost for myself and I know my macros essentially. So that gives me so much data to work with. If you get to the end of the month, you've been eating this meals and like you've kind of hit some sort of plateau. You have data that you can then move the needle on what to where to go next. If you've been following this plan, you've been eating these meals, you know how much your cost of consumption was. And what's amazing about it is if you're using a $2 per person per meal guideline, that's $180 a month per person. So for my family of, I would say it's like 2.5, right? My little, my little guy right now, not eating a ton, but like we're going to very easily be under this five or $600 a month plan. Like that's, that's if we completely screw it up, we'll be around $600 a month, but likely we'll be under 500. So it's just, you front load the work, you build the systems, you get your top 50, right? And on your rotation, you know, your macros, you know, your cost per serving. And then, you know, if you eat that and you stay within those guidelines, it basically bakes in your cost of meals for the month, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm with you, man. That makes a lot more sense to me. I'm all about front loading the work. So yeah, intuitively that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, very, very cool. I'm impressed. And then the other thing that I do that I, that I was doing a long time ago, but you have done this as well as let's say you make a meal instead of making something that has four servings, you double it up. So you get eight servings. That's just common sense. You could freeze it. You can eat it until it's gone, whatever you want to do. But once you have that, then you portion it out. This is really big. You've done all your macros based on it, providing eight servings. Then that means you need eight equal servings. So go ahead and pre-portion it out. That way you don't get greedy one night and, you know, gobble up your seconds or thirds and mess up your whole plan, mess up your costs, mess up your macros. And it kind of builds some self-control into this. You know, one thing I've realized about myself is I have a lot of discipline, but I have no self-control, none. And that hasn't changed. That was a theme I remember saying like two years ago. So this sounds like someone could be listening to this saying, wow, you're really hardcore. No, I'm really not. I'm really not. I have to use discipline and focused energy to help control myself the rest of the time, because I am a, I just love sugar. I love sweets and there's no end to my appetite when I do that. But if I have a plan that I've put a lot of work into developing, I will follow the plan. So if I go to the fridge and one of my pre-prepared meals is in there, I'm going to eat that because that's the plan. But if I don't have that, who the heck knows? So this is going to be kind of, you know, we, I've come through Christmas without totally screwing it up. I'm moving into next year. I have my goals. I have my macros. And wouldn't it be fascinating to see if I could stick with this for three or four months, how that data will allow me to make informed decisions about my health going into next year. And you can enjoy it. If you view it as a game, take all that time that you spend just looking at Facebook, looking at your cell phone, you know, all that drift space time and spend it creating these systems for yourself that help force an outcome that you can get excited about. Yeah, Jonathan, I love it. Know thyself. That's a key part of life. And if you need that structure to create this discipline, then you have to know what works for you. So yeah, that's really, really cool. You know, Craig is genuinely one of my, my favorite individuals. I love the way, Brad, that he just brings community together. But as I've gotten to know him better, my appreciation for the level, his level of optimization, 
I mean, frankly, he makes Mr. Money Mustache look like a rookie. I mean, I I don't say that lightly because Mr. Money Mustache is someone that obviously all of us hold in high regard. Craig, he takes it up a notch. Yeah, Craig's a really impressive guy. And I certainly I wanted to talk about this kind of inception of his business. It was really a very impressive thing. And it was very FI, probably well, well, well before he knew anything about it. He had been saving, he said, every dime from when he was 10 years old on when he started cutting the grass. He just realized that this job that he thought was maybe like his perfect job, working on this golf course, maybe eventually being a superintendent there, that it was just too limiting for him professionally. And frankly, like he wasn't making very much money and there wasn't a huge upside. And he then at 24 years old decided to basically empty his bank account. He bought a truck, a trailer, a mower, and he started this business. He had done some of the work up front, whereas he had lined up a few jobs. He said he had a few maintenance contracts, but, but this was not enough to live on if you had major structural expenses, right? Like if you had an expensive life, but Craig didn't, he didn't need any runway because he didn't have that many life expenses. He was still living at home. He figured this was the time to do it. He said, quote, I didn't want to look back at my life and say, man, I wish I had at least given it a shot. It's cool that he could do that because he capped his downside. His life just didn't cost that much to take that chance. Jonathan, you know what that's like. It's just such a powerful thing to be able to know in the moment that you're seeing your life from 60 years down the road and you don't want to live with that regret. But that said, you have to set it up so that so that you're not going to be ruined if this business enterprise goes downhill. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of documentation of people that have taken the burn the boat strategy and it has worked out for them. Uh, That is not my position. You know, that's not something that I personally, I, I just don't have that comfort level. Even now, even as someone that has pursued building a business and entrepreneurship and has seen something grow and something happen, I always want to be operating from a strong financial position. And even as this business has grown and it's been wonderful to be a part of it, when I put myself in the situation of essentially summer of 2017, when I kind of was faced with that inflection point of, I can no longer keep doing Choose If I as a side hustle and maintain my current job as a pharmacist. I can't keep doing both. I'm going to have to choose. I think I was battling with with it's kind of scary, right? It's scary, but I also simultaneously recognize that it wasn't really risky. And if I look back, that's always the position that I want to be in. I want to be able to take chances that maybe they're scary, but they're not risky because I've capped my downside and I have an exit strategy if it doesn't work. But I knew, Brad, I knew that if I was faced with this choice and I did not choose, choose FI, if if I just chose, oh, well, I'm just going to conform and be a good employee and whatever else and all the stuff that came with that, I would hate myself. I would hate myself in the, in the moment for weakness. I would hate myself a year from now and I would loathe myself, you know, 10 years, 20 years from now. Whereas if, if I did it and it didn't work, I would just go back. I, I would just go back. And, and how many people does that describe? Like there's no downside, right? I mean, if you think through the situation You are a wonderful sounding board for me just to be able to play this out. What are my options? Yeah, you just go back, like you said. And then your every day from then on would just be what it was previously. And it wasn't like you were bitterly unhappy, right? Your downside is everybody else's regular day. It's not so bad. That's the cool part about this is you're taking this calculated risk. But 
it's not that risky because what is truly the downside when you cap your downside, when you cut your expenses, when you go into this with eyes wide open. So that is a huge underlying point. And also Craig was talking about, and Jonathan, you can relate to this. He had to wear every hat in the business for those first couple of years. And if he didn't have the answer, he would Google it after the meeting and learn it and get back to these people. It was like a fake it till you make it, as he said. And at some point you realize, hey, I can't do everything anymore myself. This is inhibiting the growth of this business. You have to come up with systems and you have to find people to help you grow your business. This is actually funny. It's something that really resonated with me because I think all of us get questions that we don't know the answer to. And many people, I think, take the position, oh, I don't know. But Craig obviously didn't. He couldn't afford that as a business owner. But even as an employee, I just want to like pause on that because there's so much there. When I was working as a pharmacist, when I was in that position of, I don't know the answer, that absolutely was not okay. I would take notes of what those questions are, and then I would research them so that I would be ready the next time that I experienced that question. I built a portfolio, an organized portfolio of questions that I didn't know the answer to on day one that I learned because it made me a more valuable employee. And if you think about that as a talent stack, you can put that in every aspect of your life. If you just know more information, you don't just know information, like you don't know what you don't know until you do. When someone asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, it is a, they are doing you a wonderful favor by highlighting something that you need to brush up on. If you can be the person though, that takes that step, not of an embarrassment, like, oh, I don't want to talk about things that I'm not comfortable with, but, oh, I don't know that, but let me go get an answer and couch that in whatever efficiency you need to. If you can be the person that finds out everything they don't know, they don't know, and they quickly resolves that situation, of course you become valuable as a business owner, but even as an employee that's focusing on something like career hacking and moving up the ranks, you can use that in any aspect of this world. It's just, it's, that is an incredibly valuable skill set. And Brad, with my particular story a second ago, you were mentioning how, you know, I was able to bootstrap it and live lean and it it afforded me this. I think it's important to highlight that. One of the reasons we're so excited about frugality is not necessarily frugality for frugality's sakes, but rather the opportunity that frugality affords you, especially in the early days. Frugality allows you to take more risk. It opens up doors for you. So like going back to my initial situation, we said, well, it wasn't risky, right? Well, why? Why was it not risky? It wasn't risky because I had paid off all my student loan debt. So if I lost my job and my side hustle slash business wasn't replacing my income, I no longer had six figures of student loan debt hanging up over my head. And because I had slashed my expenses to the bone, and keep in mind, this is the reluctant frugalist. You know, I claim the mantle of frugality very, very reluctantly and temporarily, essentially, right? I mean, there will always be some basis of value built in, but just I'm never going to be the person whose story is, hey, I figured out a way to live on $7,000 a year. I will probably never be able to match at least long-term mustachian levels, maybe if that's somewhere between twenty-five dollars to $30,000. That's not my place. I'm not making that claim. But I will say that for a period of time, it was incredibly useful for me and it afforded me opportunities that I never would have had if I always needed to maintain a $80,000 a year lifestyle, $100,000 a year lifestyle. I would have always had to make sure that I had $6,000, $7,000 a month coming in every single month in order to be able to maintain that. And I would not have been able to take the the quote unquote risk because before you can replace your income, you're going to have to have that first day. I remember the first time we earned any income, Brad, it was like we made 30 cents off an Amazon affiliate link, 30 cents. 
you know, and I was thrilled about it. I was excited about it because we were building this from a place of very low financial risk. I had like somewhere upwards of two years, somewhere around two years of runway before I would have come back to broke essentially. I mean, we were just in a very, very strong place. That is an opportunity that I think all of us should be able to appreciate. One of my, one of my favorite episodes was, I believe it's episode 63 set for life with Scott Trench, where he's talking about his story and how he was able to use these bootstrap principles to afford him the opportunity and how other individuals can do this, can follow in that path. Frugality enables opportunity. It does not have to be your final destination. If that is not your inclination, it is such a powerful tool to help you reach your goals. Yeah. You had a lot of good quotes in there, Jonathan. I'm a quote machine, man. Yeah, that's that's, uh, very impressive. But frugality does lead to opportunity in this case. And, And you're saying frugality is not the end goal for you. I mean, not at all, but it gave you that space. And I think that's the important part about just how we talk about cutting expenses and saving money. It's not about the deprivation. It's not about, oh, I want to cut everything out of my life. No, I mean, who actually wants to do that? Sure, there are some people who like to optimize. And I suspect you would consider yourself one of them. Obviously, Craig does. But do people really want to cut everything and cut all the fun? Like, no, of course not. Nobody wants to live like that. But if you can cut the needless things, the wasteful things, and get yourself to a point where you have potential opportunities, well, that's a reframe. That's looking at it as this is helping me live a better life. That's why I want to save money. That's why I want to cut expenses. That's a totally different and very defensible argument to anyone on the planet. People sometimes say like, oh, why would you want to live like that? Well, I want to live like this because it enables opportunities. It enables connections. It enables me to live the life that I want to live for the next six decades that I'm on this planet. So to me, that's such an obvious choice. And yeah, I mean, Jonathan, you are prototypical case A in how to do this right. You cut your expenses and that's not the end goal. That's not the lifetime, but you cut your expenses well under $40,000 a year and you had that runway and you took, like you said, a, a calculated risk, but it was more scary than it was truly risky. I think that's really important. And it's cool that Craig's episode here helped us hone in on this because He is living a very, very similar life to what you are now, which is so cool. Absolutely. And frankly, this episode is about our community. That's what we've carved out the entire second half of this episode to be is to highlight the progress and the action that our community is, has, and is continuing to take. You know, we just featured Deanna's episode last week, her story, the action that she has taken based on the thoughts, feedback, and ideas presented by this community The voicemails that we are about to play are a continuation of that theme. Ordinary people, normal people like you and I are very normal people are doing incredible things, incredible things that frankly, based on the the playbook, the rule book that I was given as a child, I didn't know I was even allowed to contemplate, even allowed to consider. And we need as a community to do a better job highlighting all the options that are actually out there so you can pick a story that excites you and lights you up. And and I hope that's what this episode will be. All right, so let's start. We have a voicemail, our first voice. All right, so let's start with this end of year segment. This first voicemail that we want to play is from Patricia. Hi, Brad and Jonathan. This is Patricia. Uh, my husband, Kurt, and I began listening in the fall of 2017 to your podcast. We actually met you both when you came to Philadelphia, which was awesome. 
But I just wanted to let you know that as a result of listening to Choose FI, we've drastically, drastically changed our lifestyle in the last year, uh, having slashed many of our living expenses. As a result of slashing so many of these expenses, we were able to pay down our mortgage in order to get rid of the PMI that we had. Also in the last year, we were able to pay cash for a car for the first time ever in our lives to avoid car payments. We purchased ourselves a used vehicle, 2013 Nissan Leaf electric vehicle, which has been great and saving money at the gas pump. Just recently, my husband actually was able to get a new job. Uh, He's working for the state now. And prior to Choose FI, we may have blown or wasted this new increase in our household income. But now we know we'll be using it exactly towards the best possible purpose, which is saving up for our future freedom. I may have told you this when we met Jonathan, but you are my hero and a hero, I'm sure, of many retail pharmacists that are living this challenging daily grind in the pharmacy and dreaming of the day we can maybe someday also step away or, or work, th- work less. Anyway, thank you both for all that you do. And uh, I will continue to tell as many of my friends and coworkers about your podcast. Wow, Brad, Patricia, it was so great meeting you in Philadelphia. I'm so excited for you and what this and what the future holds. Yeah, Patricia, I certainly remember meeting you guys. There was a whole uh, gaggle of pharmacists there. So (laughs) (laughs) I was the the odd man out. Embattled pharmacists unite. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. But yeah, congrats on all the action you guys have taken. That's really, really remarkable. And yeah, like you said, just saving up for this future and this future freedom. So good for you. All right. The next voicemail that we're going to play is from Camber. Hi, Brad and Jonathan. This is Camber, and I'm calling to tell you how Choose FI has changed our lives for your year-end show. We found this podcast early in the summer, and I finally finished listening to all of the episodes because I was listening while doing housekeeping to pay off our remaining debt. We will have paid off $30,000 in debt in 10 months this March on a $26,000 salary. We have a family of five or six, depending on if we have a foster child with us. And Chooseify has inspired us to continue our current lifestyle so we can start shoveling the same amount we've been putting towards debt into investments. We love Dave Ramsey's debt snowball, but we were looking for the next step. We really wanted something that we could get intense about and excited about and still work towards big financial goals. And Chooseify really helped us to do that. I've also started blogging about our FI journey at simplyfylife.com. We've reassessed our goals for life after listening to the Dominic Cortuccio Design Your Life podcast, and now we have a five-year plan to become digital nomads after converting a school bus into a tiny home and homeschooling our kids as we explore all of our national parks. And to celebrate becoming debt-free, Brad, we are planning a trip to Disneyland where we will save $2,000 by travel hacking. Before listening to Chooseify, we were so terrified of opening up credit cards because of all the hype that Dave Ramsey puts around them. And now I am just amazed at how the points can really work for us without even spending more than we were planning on spending in the first place. Thank you so much, Chooseify, for helping us design a life we're excited to live into. All of your tips, inspiring guests, and passion for Fi have changed the course of my family's life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, Camber, that's amazing. I hope you know you're coming on the show next year, right, Brad? Oh, she is 100% coming on the show. That's amazing. I mean, Jonathan, I'm grinning ear to ear 
I want to respond to each and every point, but it's just going to be impossible. So, Camber, amazing. Huge congratulations to your entire family, and thanks for the voicemail. Hi, this is Aaron and Chris from Fort Worth, Texas, sharing a message of how Choose FI has impacted us this year. We got married last year and had combined student loan and credit card debt of $30,000, plus another $45,000 parent loan. And I found out about two months later um, about Frugal Woods, Mad Scientist, and then Choose FI podcast. And I rapidly consume content. I also got Chris really excited about making changes. And so we immediately at that point changed our savings rate from about 15% to over 50% by cutting costs, including moving to a less expensive apartment. All the excess savings was used to go towards debt. And as of last month, the 30,000 debt is gone and we are now on track to pay off our parents by next September. At that point, we'll then save for a larger emergency fund and a home down payment. I feel like FI is liberating and has taught us so much about what we really value. And I really thank you guys for your education and encouragement with your podcast. I'm hearing this alternative approach has changed our lives. We even felt confident enough to change jobs and request new job schedules to fit our ideal lifestyle. We're looking forward to full fire by 2032. Thanks again. Bye. Brad, this is it. You know, me and you have been talking about very quickly, long before you reach financial independence, you realize that you hold power. At work, you have the ability in many cases to say, hey, can I work from home one day a week? Can I work on these specific days? Can I bunch them together? Is there a way long before you say, hey, I'm walking away, is there a way for me to rearrange my work schedule so it works for my life? That's power. Yeah, that's true power. And Aaron said it perfectly. I feel like FI is liberating. That's one little piece of it. But man, it's just your entire life changes when you start looking through this prism of FI. And yeah, Aaron and Chris, huge congratulations. 15% to over 50% savings rate, paid off that 30K of debt. It's just, it's awesome. Thank you so much for the voicemail. You know, Brad, we were thinking about what to do for our end of year episode. We knew we wanted to do something special. And on one of my morning walks with my wife and son, my wife actually said to me, why don't you just ask your community if they want to keep you updated? You know, you put all these ideas out there and your guests put all these ideas out there, but your community is actually the one doing it why don't you just give them a chance to feature their successes? And I think both of us, I think, know, even if we hasn't been verbalized yet, that this is something that we are going to do every single year from here on out. This is like quickly becoming my favorite show of the year. Oh man, I hear you. After just a few voicemails, this is already becoming one of my favorites as well. And hopefully next year we get dozens upon dozens of voicemails. I mean, who knows? This could be hours long. Right? <laughs> is there a cap on how long a podcast <laughs> episode can be? <laughs> you are always the one to tell me, hey man, we don't need to say that it needs to be 58 minutes. It can be what it needs to be. Would you publish a three hour episode? Well, I certainly wouldn't because I'm not editing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our editor might say, oh, guys, no, no, not going to happen. <laughs> All right, let's, let's play this next voicemail. Hi, Brad and Jonathan. This is Liz calling from North Carolina, and I wanted to share my win for 2018, which was optimizing my tax planning. So in the past, I would use the IRS W-4 calculator to determine my paycheck withholdings. Then in February, I would collect statements from all my different accounts, sit down and do my taxes, and it was kind of a surprise as to whether I would owe money in April or whether I was sitting on a refund. So based on changes to the tax law that were passed in December of 2017, I knew that my tax rate was likely to be going down significantly, and I didn't want to rely on the safe harbor provision of paying 100% of the previous year's tax bill, because then I would be sitting on a large refund at 0%. 
Because the tax law changed late in the year, my employer was slow to implement the new tax withholding tables at the beginning of 2018. And I was also growing frustrated that the IRS website didn't have an updated W-4 calculator available. So as an experiment, I decided to try adding a tax planning tab to my net worth tracking spreadsheet. I already had a spreadsheet that tracked my investments, income, expenses, and savings rate on a monthly basis. And I wanted to see if I could glean a better understanding of my tax liability and understand how my payments were stacking up against that throughout the year. So I built this tax tab, which is essentially my own version of the TurboTax TaxCaster. It adds up my W-2 income as I enter information from my paychecks. It estimates future income based on remaining paychecks in the year. It also calculates the year-to-date payments that I've made towards federal and state taxes and then also calculates the upcoming deductions that should come out of future paychecks. The tax tab also tracks deductions, so it tracks my contributions to my TSP. My wife has a 457 and a 403B, contributions to HSA accounts, capital losses from tax loss harvesting, and other deductions that we qualify for. So the tax planning sheet really allowed me throughout the year to understand whether I was under or overpaying relative to my tax liability, and then to tweak my withholding from my normal paychecks as additional income came in from side hustles and taxable dividends. We're in the 24% tax bracket, so maximizing tax savings has a significant impact on our savings rate for the year. Federal and state income taxes are actually the single largest line item in our budget. Our effective tax rate, including both federal and state income taxes for 2018 is projected to be just under 12%, which is down from 16% that we paid in 2017. That's mostly due to changes in the tax code. But for comparison's sake, I ran numbers for an alternate scenario in which I didn't take advantage of any of the tax optimization opportunities that are frequently discussed on this podcast. So under that scenario, I contributed the 5% match to my TSP, I didn't use any other tax advantage retirement vehicles. I used a traditional health insurance plan instead of a high deductible plan with an HSA. I didn't harvest any tax losses in my brokerage accounts. And the difference under this alternate scenario is that I would have paid an additional $9,600 in income taxes for the year. So for anyone who is wondering whether spending a few hours researching how different deductions work and is wondering what the ROI on tax planning is, I hope this example really shows the possibility that it could have a major impact on your savings rate for the year. I loved the millionaire educator's concept of keeping as much of your income on your side of the ledger as possible, and I've really strived to implement that idea in my own tax planning as much as possible. So I hope this tip is helpful and inspires a fellow spreadsheet nerd to go big with tax planning next year. Brad and Jonathan, thank you for building this community I literally can't imagine anywhere else I could share my excitement about building a tax planning spreadsheet and having people respond positively. So thank you for gathering this tribe of like-minded individuals. And thanks for everything you do with the podcast. Oh, Liz, I have a massive smile on my face because the entire time I was geeking out with you, that spreadsheet, Brad, sounds amazing. Yeah, I love how she describes it as an experiment. I added a tax planning tab as an experiment <laughs> to these uh, intricate net worth sheets. It's it's amazing. That's so cool. And and I mean, the real upshot is $9,600 in one year just by listening to this information, taking it all in and going through this and seeing what works. So, man, there is huge ROI on that. And yeah, Liz, congrats. That's amazing. 
And Liz, I would love to take a look at that spreadsheet. So if you'd like to email it to us or you'd like to include it in the vault, I mean, that just sounds like an absolutely fabulous resource. And you've done so much heavy lifting on putting it together. It's just really, thank you so much for sharing with us. And we would love to geek out further over it. So thanks again. Send us a version of it to feedback at choosefi.com. Feedback at choosefi.com. Hey guys, it's James and Emily from Rethink the Rat Race. We made some big changes this year and had some major progress, including both of us getting raises at our jobs, buying seven rental units, including our house hack, reaching Lean Fi, and me getting my EU citizenship. Our goal for uh, next year is to pay off three of the mortgages for me to get my EU citizenship and for us to actually hit fire. We want to thank both you, Brad and Jonathan, for all the work that you do and for uh, fostering this great community. We couldn't have gotten this far without the advice and the support of others. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, this is so exciting, Brad. Just for some context for our audience, James actually was on our show in episode 90 talking about this vegan path to fi. He is actually a bodybuilder that is also a vegan, which I thought was just a very interesting pairing. Him and his wife live in Alabama and they are using real estate as one of the main levers that they're pulling to reach financial independence. And I think I heard him announce recently, Brad, that with this last home purchase. So they said they have seven units now with this last purchase, they're at a point where their real estate income is providing enough passive income to cover all of their expenses. Now they're calling it lean fi in this particular case, but the, the opportunity that that's affording them going into the future is just truly amazing. And I love how they're pairing that now with this goal of getting their EU citizenship. Yeah, that's awesome. We had the good fortune of meeting them at one of the Camp Fies and just really incredibly nice people and so young. I mean, to be doing this, Jonathan, they're so young. It's amazing. So guys, a huge congrats. Thanks for the voicemail. Hey, Brad and Jonathan, this is Kyle from Northern Virginia. I've been meaning to leave you guys a voicemail for some time now just to say how great your podcast is and how meaningful your guidance has been to me over the past year. I'm part of the Virginia Army National Guard enrolled in its uh, prestigious officer candidate school 18-month program. And since January, I've gone on numerous long 10 to 12-mile ruck marches and I've used your podcasts to not only break up the time to not think of all the body aches and bruises, but to also fill it with thought-provoking ideas. My path to FI began actually through my uncle Steve. A, a cool celebrity fact about him is that he's actually mentioned in the back of J.L. Collins' Simple Path to Wealth in the acknowledgement section. He got there by having a series of phone calls with Jim to help self-publish his book. He turned me on to it, the FIRE movement, and I ultimately came to find you guys. A special shout out to Steve, who just reached his FI goal in September of this year. Congratulations if you're listening. You've been an amazing role model to me, a mentor, and I'm sure to the rest of our family. This has been a pretty pivotal year for myself and my wife, Alex, as we made it a New Year's resolution to put everything that we knew about FI into motion. It began with me shifting careers from intelligence to private wealth management, uh, being able to live, breathe, and, and practice many of the talked about ideas amongst industry professionals and, and colleagues. Personally, this is the first time in our lives that Alex and I maxed out our 401ks and our IRAs. I listened to your podcast featuring the military dollar, and with the help of my uncle and advice, I, I opted into the military's thrift savings plan uh, blended retirement system, receiving an extra 5% match. What has been even more amazing to me is that we were able to do all of this while still managing a budget. The purchase of a used 2016 Toyota Corolla with less than 40,000 miles and right under uh, $10,000. Personally, what was most important to Alex and I is that we were also able to purchase our first home in, in Northern Virginia, which is no small feat considering the, the soaring of home prices across Northern Virginia. 
Alex and I have also taken many of your credit card hacking tutorials to heart and are pleased to say that through your Chase Gauntlet strategy, we've accumulated over 200,000 miles just this year and have purchased one of our bucket list goals of traveling to Ireland just based off of travel reward miles. To cap off the year, I'm planning to use the last week of December to try my hand at tax loss harvesting. I'm hoping uh, to realize $1,000 in capital losses just to save a little bit of extra tax savings for the beginning of 2019. And yet, despite all these, what seems to be mind-blowing personal milestones, what surprises me the most, it's never these personal wins that give me the most satisfaction, but it's being able to share the fire movement, your wonderful blog posts, and all of this great info amongst my closest friends, associates, and loved ones. I think the highlight of the year was actually today, during the last day of our weekend military reservist drill. Every drill were required to be given specific briefings during each period. And it just so happened that today's was on financial planning and smart financial decisions, which I thought was appropriate to leave you guys this voicemail. I have to give the second shout out of, of this voicemail to Captain Carson, one of our senior OCS cadre members, for giving probably the most enthusiastic and insightful financial brief I've ever heard in my military career. She covered so many great resources and included thinkers like Dave Ramsey and Susan Norman, amongst others. Personally, she also gave me the time to brief the other officer candidates on the FIRE movement, where I mentioned your blog and and great podcasts and relevant strategies pertaining to military soldiers. I'll be personally following up and providing copies of Jail Collins' Simple Path to Wealth book. Personally, I think in the military culture where everything is regimented and planned, especially in the OCS leadership environment. These are the kinds of podcasts and simple step-by-step strategies, exactly what is needed and and desired. Captain Carson, again, if you're listening to this, thank you. And I hope you get to hear this. Brad and Jonathan, as you wrap up and look forward to next year, just know your podcasts are not following deaf ears. Your conversations are great. They're always insightful and are definitely helping spread the fire throughout Northern Virginia. Again, thanks. Kyle, I am overwhelmed. That's a heck of a year. Yeah, I love the shout outs to Uncle Steve and Captain Carson. Sounds like they're doing great work. Sharing this message of financial responsibility is just so huge. And I think I think we all feel more comfortable doing that now. It's amazing that this conversation, this taboo topic, right, which really shouldn't be, is now becoming more commonplace. And that's just an amazing thing. Congrats to you and Alex for putting all these ideas into action, increasing your TSP, buying that used car, first home traveling to Ireland, using rewards miles. Like, I mean, this is just, this is it. So congrats, man. All right. This next voicemail that we got is from Nancy, who's been in our community. Brad, she found us very early on and it's, it's awesome. Just to, and I'm really excited to hear some of the progress that she's been able to make over the last year. Here are some of our financial wins and action we've taken this year. I'm a teacher, so I was able to lobby at my school for a better low cost 403B plan. All we had were about two dozen insurance companies and financial institutions who sold confusing, misplaced annuity products to unsuspecting employees. So that was a huge win. Once we got a better option added, we had a presentation from a fiduciary advisor to educate teachers and staff on the how-tos of basic investing. Number three, maxed out and front-loaded our two 457 plans and my one 403B plan including the catch-up. Four, we maxed out both of our Roth IRAs. Five, we maxed out the flexible spending account, a 
of $2,650. We pay out of pocket for glasses, contacts, dental, co-pays, etc., then take the tax-free reimbursements and invest them. Six, maxed out our daughter's 529 account to the point of the annual maximum state tax deduction, a savings of $600 for the $10,000 contribution. Seven, we bought two new rental properties, including a short-term rental in the Smoky Mountains, so we can enjoy it too and get beneficial tax savings while traveling. Number eight, we created two new websites to educate and empower teachers on their 403B plans. Nine, I joined in with other Choose FI teachers to write lesson plans for teaching financial education the FI way to our youth. And lastly, created a hands-on classroom economy system in my classes to teach my students the power of compounding interest, saving, investing, and how to be a smart and savvy consumer, all part of our family and consumer sciences curriculum. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you, Nancy. I know that my wife, Danny, is very excited to be working with you on the curriculum. And actually, I think she's planning on going to a conference uh, about financial education with Nancy later on next year. So that's going to be very exciting. And Nancy, wow, so many actionable stuff that you've been able to implement any single one of those would be amazing. But when you put them together in the, into a portfolio, like you're describing, Brad, that is serious momentum. Yeah. I mean, a list of, of 10 items like that, that's just remarkable. Nancy, thank you so much for the voicemail, for being part of the community, for helping with the educators group and for taking action. Hi, Jonathan and Brad. This is Holly Grosvenor from Northern Virginia. And I just wanted to state how much and excited I am to be part of Choose FI and the community. This past year has been a pretty great year for us, saving and continuing to follow the path towards FIRE and love being part of the community, talking on the Facebook page and helping admin the Choose FI DC group just re- in the last couple months. Also, in addition, um, this past spring, I was sort of convinced by you guys to start looking into doing a side hustle. So after doing a lot of research and talking to others, I've decided to become a financial coach and have been starting to work with several clients in the last six months. And it's been great and eye-opening because one-on-one coaching really does help some people and a lot of people out there need that, not just a blog or a podcast. So I find that some people just need the hands-on talking to somebody and going over their goals and going over their needs and learning the basics of personal finance. And some things I've learned, I didn't realize other people didn't know. So passing that on to others has been amazing. So I just want to thank you guys so much for everything that you do. And I think this year has been a great year for us. And I'm looking forward to 2019 and continue my coaching side business. So anyway, thanks. And I can't wait to follow up with you on that more. It was so nice meeting you at FinCon this past year in person. And also I know Brad and I, Brad, I know we're both making it a goal to go to a DC meetup in early 2019. I can't wait to you know see you again there. That's going to just be a lot of fun. Congratulations on your coaching though. That's incredible. You actually have proof of concept now, taking something that you're passionate about and being able to apply it to a one-on-one situation and having an impact on that person's life. Just, it's so gratifying to be a part of that process. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Cody from Flatify, or some of you might remember me from episode 83. I was the 21, now 22-year-old with the disc golf company, and I have had just the most 
amazing 2018 that I'd love to share with you. So back at the beginning of 2018, I attended Camp 5 Southeast down in Florida, and I met the most amazing and supportive group of people. And I went there just to have fun, but I left wanting to create content and wanting to change lives of people my age, people who are getting out of college, getting out of high school, and that's what I've done. So since then, I've started my blog. I've also started a podcast. I've done multiple speaking events at colleges and high schools. Since I started my full-time job, I know many of you were expecting me to be dreading that, which I do. <laughs> and I've been saving about 85 to 90% of my income. I've created a two-year cash cushion and I'm actually going to be leaving my full-time job. So I'm doing my six-month stint in the workforce and I'm out of there in February of 2019. And what I'm going to be doing is actually joining Grant Sabatier of Millennial Money, who is another member of this awesome community on his book tour. So I'm doing that for three months. I'm just super pumped for what 2019 has in store for me. Disc golf still going strong, still going to be blogging, still going to be podcasting. And it's this community that has made me who I am today. So I want to thank Brad. I want to thank Jonathan. And I want to thank every single person that I've met in this five community because I would be nothing without you. Brad, what strikes me is with Cody, though he's uh, pulled this off much earlier in life than I did. It's not a substantially different story, right? Cut your expenses to the bone, build up a cash cushion, build up sources of passive income, and then you can do what you want. I mean, you know, just do it from a place of financial responsibility, have an exit strategy, have a backup plan. But basically all these ideas that we've talked about in this community has been talking about, he's just done them and it, I mean, it just works, right? I mean, he has, so let's, let's go through this. He has a business that he's, I mean, this guy's incredible. He has a business that he started for disc golf. That's producing some level of income. He has a job that he's been able to save up two years of living expenses on top of that, now he has multiple side hustles running concurrently and he has, he has virtually no expenses. And I mean, there's no downside. Basically, whatever his plans are, his life is nothing but options because he's not saddled with consumer debt. He has the ability to choose what is it that I want to do. And it's really exciting to see because he, I mean, he is going for it. Yeah. Cody is a hustler. You know that when you meet him, he's just the nicest guy. He's always got ideas. He has all these side hustles. I mean, what he's done in the short time since we met him at Camp Fi is nothing short of amazing. So yeah, Cody, huge congratulations and thanks for being part of the community. We got a message from Kenneth and he was trying to narrow down the bullet points for his end of the year roundup. Uh, he said, closed on a house with three bedrooms, now have two roommates paying 75% of the mortgage. I don't have a plan to make the property enticing enough to get that up to 75 to 100% yet. Maxing out the IRA this year while waiting for the 401k to withdraw 20% on January 1st. I'm going to test this new savings rate for six months before upping it to 30 plus percent. I opened a personal capital account to track regular expenses. We'll take a year or two to calculate the new average yearly expenses due to moving from a renter to an owner. Cash plus investments equal one year of mortgage payments. Still a long way to go before I have five years of expenses saved up, let alone 25, but I am well on my way. And you know, for me, it's you got to get started. And if you fail to plan you are planning to fail, right? Getting something on paper, if it's as simple as just getting a personal capital account set up and getting all of your accounts loaded so you see where am I actually at this particular moment, that allows you to then make micro improvements. And it, it really, it's just, it's baby steps. One after another, just getting a little bit better. That's what this show and this community are all about. And yeah, Kenneth, I, I hear you when you're saying still a long way to go before five years of expenses or 25, but that's not the point. The point is it's so hard to get started for most people. And you've already gone so far down that road. It's amazing what you've done. And to have 
two roommates paying 75% of the mortgage and all these other things. That's just remarkable. So huge congrats. Thanks for writing in. So I wanted to finish up with some actionable takeaways basically for this last episode. Danny Kenny, who is a certified financial planner, he actually writes at ChooseFI under the moniker financial planner, called in last week with some tips on HSA distributions. This week, he is giving us a checklist to send you out at the end of the year with just a few things to be considering. Hi, Brad and Jonathan. This is Danny from Financial Planner, a ChooseFI blogger on your site. I wanted to call in to discuss some year-end financial planning opportunities, uh, which may be applicable to those in the FI community. But beyond the normal items that are covered at length within the community, such as doing Roth conversions, uh, using up the flexible spending dollars by year-end, if that's the rules of your employer's plan, tax loss harvesting, or tax gain harvesting if you're in a low tax bracket, uh, there's a few other things I wanted to cover that are a little bit more technical. Firstly is the annual gifting exclusion. Every year you have an exclusion of $15,000 for 2018. Uh, if you go over that number, then you'll have to file a gift tax return. So whether you're funding a 529 plan or any other type of gifting, you have that annual gift exclusion maximum number. So the way that works is it is on a calendar year basis. So if you give 15000 in December 31st and then again on January 1st or January 2nd, you will be in the new calendar year so you have a new exclusion. So that's something to consider if you want to avoid filing that gift tax return. Another item is considering the impact of your itemized deductions versus your standard deduction at both the federal and the state level. So we've talked in the past about giving uh, more to your charities this year or prepaying your real estate taxes this year um, and then taking the item, the standard deduction next year. Over the two years, you'll get a higher total deduction. However, there's some quirks with regards to some state rules where the states require you to use the same type of deduction, whether standard or itemized, as you use on the federal level. So in my own state of Virginia, that's how the rules work. And if I use the federal standard deduction, I have to use a, a very low Virginia standard deduction. So for an example, say I have 20000 of total itemized deductions this year. If I take the federal standard deduction of 24000 I'm limited to the Virginia standard deduction of 6000 Instead, if I took a $20,000 federal itemized deduction, I could take a $20,000 Virginia itemized deduction, and that uh, route would get me a total lower total overall tax bill between the federal and state. So that's something to consider. Uh, look at your rules of your state um, to determine the best path there. Another item is retirement plans. So before year end, you must set up the individual 401k plan if you want to make contributions for the 2018 calendar year. So if you miss that cutoff, you can still do a SEP IRA in the new year and make contributions for the past year, as long as you do that before your tax return is due. But you'll probably have a lower total contribution limit unless your income is uh, high in excess of, say, $280,000. Another big item is the qualified business income deduction. This is a 20% exclusion on business income when came out of the new tax law. You can exclude 20% of that business income 
as long as your total taxable income is below $315,000 for joint filers or $157,500 for single filers. Um, you can take that full exclusion with no questions asked, really no extra rules. If you're above those income thresholds, then there's a, a bunch more rules. So if you're close to that limit, uh, there's some planning that you can do there because it's based on taxable income, meaning after your itemized deductions. So say your total income is at $320,000, but you give extra an extra $6,000 to your church. That would get you below the $315,000 threshold, and you can take the full 20% exclusion on your business income. So a great planning opportunity there. Also on the qualified business income note, there's been a lot of discussion about setting up an S-corp to get the benefits of the deduction. Firstly, if you're below that income threshold I mentioned earlier, this is not something that you should worry about. If your income's higher, then you might get some benefit from setting up an S-corp, but it's important to know that you have until two and a half months into the new year to make this election, so you have a little bit of breathing room there although you should probably start thinking about it now because you might need some professional help to make that tax election. Now, on a personal note, I wanted to give an update on my own situation. I'm going to be undergoing a fully funded lifestyle change myself and leaving my current planning firm and starting my own financial planning firm in the new year. I want to cater mostly to the folks in the financial independence community, mostly because Dealing with my own financial planner, I realized that the majority of the planners out there aren't comfortable with the principles that we have, the, the planning opportunities we use to achieve the goals that we want. So I think there's a lot of value in working with someone, a professional planner, that knows and understands uh, the planning things that we use, the values that we have, and um, what people are striving for when you're pursuing financial independence or fire. I'd be happy to speak with anybody if you're interested in getting a professional planner's take on your situation. Uh, for now, uh, you can follow me on the ChooseFI blog at Financial Planner, FI-Nancial Planner. Um, I'll have my own website up and running in the new year, so you can find me there in mid to late January, hopefully. Thanks for this opportunity to call in and discuss the financial planning opportunities at year-end and also my situation. I wish you all a great year end and a great start to the new year. Take care. Thank you so much, Danny, for being willing to share this incredibly valuable information. And there's multiple points here. One is that it is so valuable for people in this community to spend a little bit of time and hopefully time that you actually are enjoying to learn how to do it yourself, or at least to the, to the, the version of learning what low cost index funds are, learning how basic tax planning works, the other aspect of this is that the rabbit hole goes as deep as you want it to go. And as we've talked about, even in this particular episode, there are serious dollars attached to understanding the basics. Liz was talking about how just basic tax planning for her over suboptimal tax planning was close to $10,000 a year in difference. It's real dollars that we're talking about. Chooseify, I just want to stress that Chooseify is not anti-financial advisors by any stretch of the imaginations. We're pro-education. We're pro you, it's important that you understand the basics that that's what this is about. And then from there, if you decide or make the choice to work with someone, it's making sure that you don't end up with a shark. This was one of the most terrifying things that we found when we were talking to Kyle and Danny, they were basically saying that 
nine out of 10 advisors do not have a sole fiduciary responsibility, which frankly means that they are not legally obligated to act at all times in all aspects in your best interest. That's, that's crazy. And so I'm just, Danny's one of the good guys and we're just so grateful to have him here on the show to be an aid and help us with our own personal knowledge base. Yeah, I agree completely, Jonathan. And a big congrats to Danny for his now entrepreneurial journey. That's really cool. Appreciate all the info and certainly you writing on our blog. And to your point, Jonathan, there are financial advisors out there who are sharks, but there are many, many good women and men who are are doing good work trying to educate their clients and who are not charging exorbitant fees. And really, as we as we suggest, fee-only financial planners are, are, in our estimation, the best options. It's always a good thing when we're learning more. Obviously, we're DIYers by nature, but there are times where you need professional help and professional advice, so I get it. All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, it's time to bring this episode to an end, but I would be remiss in not pointing out, Brad, that you made it back in the I Dream of Fire annual Lego Christmas song music video. You made it. Oh, wow. That's very cool. I remember last year, that was a, a big surprise and that was cool. And I think uh, you're referenced too this year, huh? I, yeah, I, I am in there. What, what do you look like? Well, a, a generic white dude. So basically just a Lego. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> With that's, a very large blonde wig though. So <laughs> the hair is real and it's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brad, and I love in that music video, I noticed they even gave uh, Susie Orman. Susie Orman made it into our fire Lego music video. And, and actually that's funny in that I remember you basically telling me the other day, you were shocked just to see an article in Money Magazine from Susie talking about the fire movement with no context. Yeah, it was amazing. It was just an article and it it presupposed that you knew about the fire movement. There was no context at all. It was just basically Susie writing almost an apology letter in essence to, hey, I don't disagree with the fire movement all that much at all. And it was just, it was really cool to see that in Money Magazine where I've subscribed to forever. And now the fire movement is a real thing. Like that would not have happened two years ago. Think about the context of what that means for this community. That now when you say fire movement, it's assumed that everybody knows what that means. Yeah, it's a real thing. And people at large know about it. So, wow. It's just, Jonathan, it's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. So we've got, we've got our Lego music video. We've got our documentary ready to go screening tour all around that. We have a full on movement and this thing is just getting started. Talk about a snowball effect, man. Where does this take us as a community? Where does this take our country and the world? These are transformative ideas. And at this point it's, it's hitting critical mass. You can't ignore it anymore. And I think it's, it's all for the good. Yeah. Agreed onward and upward from here. And a huge thank you to everyone who's listening, everyone who's helped share and spread this message. And just thank you for being a part of our community. All right. Now, unfortunately, that's going to bring this episode to a close. Now, as you know, we like to finish every episode by doing a drawing for a copy of a book that we have found useful. And there's three books that we offer. The first is J.L. Collins' book, The Simple Path to Wealth. The second is from Dominic Cortuccio, Design Your Future. And the third book from Vincent Baglisi, Freelance to Freedom. If you want to enter the drawing, all you need to do is just go to chooseify.com slash iTunes, follow the instructions there and leave us a short written review on either iTunes or Stitcher, and then send us an email to feedback at chooseify.com, letting us know that you left a review and what screen name you left it under. We give away one book for every five written reviews that we get, and we announce the winner on the Friday roundup. Brad, how many winners do we have today? All right, Jonathan, we have one winner today, and the winner is OG. 
And he said, I have an MBA and this is the best podcast hands down. Hey guys, I wanted to give you a shout out for you've turned my world upside down in a good way. My wife, Donna, is a California CPA and discovered you through Mr. Money Mustache. Since then, we've upped our retirement savings and moved them into total market index funds. Can't say we're doing amazing, but a savings rate of about 30% is somewhat of a good start. I love the guests you invite. For me personally, you nailed it with Larry Hagner from The Good Dad Project. All the men and money issues he shared were right on. Keep up the great work and hope you light the middle-class America on fire. All right, my friends, if you got value from this episode, if you've been getting value from the episodes up to this point, just take one second and press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. It just lets the providers know you're getting value from the show and you want to be here when we produce additional content. All right, my friends, the fire is spreading. We'll see you next time as we continue to go down the road less traveled. You've been listening to Choose FI Radio Podcast where we help middle-class America build wealth one life hack at a time.